and welcome to another episode of All That Film. Alright, we have a multitude of reviews for y'all today. This is sort of our a recap kind of thing. Me and Todd have seen four movies. Todd has seen uh, the entirety of all four. I have seen 3.3, we'll, we'll call it, or, or whatever. Um, the first three we're going to get to are, are sort of a trilogy of sorts, um, which I'll, I'll talk on more, uh, because it's July 4th weekend. Everybody's wanted to, uh, America all up and eat their hot dogs and drink all the milk they can. Uh, so in honor of this great celebration, uh, Netflix had the wonderful idea of, uh, America, the motion picture, um, they released it this weekend. This is the first one we're reviewing. Uh, it should be in the description. The other three movies will be uh, The Tomorrow War, uh, Summer of Soul, and then No Sudden Move. Um, but we'll start with America the Motion Picture um, because I, I, would, I would guess this is the one most people have seen uh, because it's on Netflix, and that's just how this works, um, where the movie released on Netflix uh people are watching more todd i'll let you go first though because you are you are a bit lower on uh america the motion picture than i am um yes i oh i did not like this movie at all so i will say i can see some of the appeal uh, it's just not my style of humor anymore. Like, to me, it's a film that feels like it belongs in, like, the late 90s, like 1995 to 2005. Uh, it's just kind of, I think, uh, earlier when we were talking about it, like, I uh, somebody used the term, like, frat humor. It's just a bit like... Hey, look how ridiculous I can be, but that gets tiring to me after a couple minutes. And there's, like, a scene where... There's like a sex scene between George Washington and Martha Wa uh, Washington that at, at one point I was just like, all right, I'm just kind of done. Like, uh, it just was so, <laughs> I don't know. It, it makes me sound to, like I'm To I'm be like, clear, though, that, is, that yeah. is early in the movie that you were done. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was pretty done early. And I watched the whole thing attentive, uh, and uh, it's just, it's really, really not my style of humor. Like somebody was asking me online about kind of what it felt like. And to me, it feels like, I don't know, like a group of people who wrote a really bad, like play in college, saw the worst episodes of South Park and tried to apply it like that sort of like approach to like U.S. history. And I just didn't see the point of it. Like uh, that that's I think the biggest thing was like. You just have to buy it as kind of absurdist humor because it's so unrealistic. It's it's barely even satire. Like it's kind of satire, but like the the details are so changed around, which I don't have problems with if it's funny. But that I don't know, it just loses its point a little bit. So I sure. I didn't like this very much. To to expand on that point though, the details are are so changed that I it in not a funny way, like not in a humorous way. It just feels like odd choices. There's some that yeah. like. Like, for instance, George Washington having uh, chainsaws on his arms. That's kind of cool. But then there's other choices sure. that were made. Um, I, I agree with you, Todd. This is definitely like uh, the, the term frat humor is, is fitting for this. Now, I will throw out, um, because I have not watched this recently, but I do remember liking it a whole lot. Um, 
the director that worked on this was a producer of Archer. And it has a similar oh, yeah. animation style. Uh, I, I actually did like the animation. Uh, so credit to the- Oh, I did too. Yeah, credit to the animation. I would department. agree. I, I, I think it looks really good. Um, but I will say a lot of it kind of reminded me of Archer, but it almost like- okay. It, it felt like, because have you seen Archer? I guess I should have asked that. I have. Yes, I have. I, okay. And I love Archer. So. Okay, see, I, I remember loving Archer as well, but it, it's almost like they took that style and just, like, tried to almost, like, carbon copy it into America, the motion picture. And part of it that, sure. like, didn't work for me is it, it adds so much of these um, – nods to like oh we are pc though like it over and over that right. just feel like a checkbox or something like that where they're like well if you want to be gay that's fine because america's cool with that now and i almost wish it would have like in in some degree i almost wish it would have leaned full into the like quote unquote like absurdist like frat humor because when it does these things it, I don't know what we're doing. Like, I like the inclusion of a lot of the characters that they do bring into this, but I, I don't know. Like, it's it's a bizarre movie. The choices they make are outlandish. Um, this is look. I, I guess I'm gonna have to spoil this. Um, this is revealed very early in the movie. Um, so if if you don't want anything, uh, don't don't stick stick around for this 15 second thing. Uh, Andy Samberg is a werewolf. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Um, it's, it's, it feels it's like I didn't, I didn't check it. Does this have like a ton of writers or is it just one writer? I it's should check that. One writer. No, it's one writer. Uh, that's crazy to me because but, it, but, it okay, feels so like, yeah. Can I, can I throw sure, this out ahead. to you? Cause you're right. Yeah. It, it feels like multiple writers, but do you know what else feels like multiple writers? Um, and I don't know how many were on uh, that project, but this guy was also on it. Um, I will check okay. to verify. There were three writers on this script. It's a movie we've, we've recently reviewed. Uh, it's Dave uh, Callahan. Uh, he wrote the script for wonder woman 84. Oh, interesting. And this does not bode well because he also wrote the script for Shang-Chi. Uh oh. Which I am and and on top of this. Oh no. He wrote the script apparently for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse 2. So um, What? Oh no. This guy's yeah, everywhere. This is yeah, this guy is, he's got well, his hands in a lot of pies. Um, in in terms of this movie, it feels like it was written by, like, just random kind of, like, penis jokes were thought of and written on post-it notes that were then applied to, like, a board that said, like, America the motion picture. And, like, that it was just put together so patchwork from different ideas. Because I agree with you, like, they do this box checking that really makes me... It's like the the worst of South Park or Archer fans in that like the worst types who will say like, you know, in in response to offensive humor will say, "Oh, well, it's just all satire." 
Well, that's true, but like Archer, I'll get into this a little bit more, does it a little bit better, and South Park is just a little bit smarter about it, in my opinion, even though they have problems sometimes. But also, it's it just becomes kind of this excuse where it's like, oh, no, look, we just made fun of the fact that white people are assholes. Now let's watch white people be assholes for 95% of the movie and laugh at exactly. it. And it's like... Yeah. It become there comes a point where it's like it no longer feels like satire. It really does just feel like box checking, like you said. Now, to me, that his style of humor is more restrained in Archer, but also it fits the context of a spy movie a little bit more, if that makes sense. Because so much of the Archer Perfectly humor, put. yeah, 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 that would be my my take. There is it just feels so awkward in this context. It just it, you just kind of want to go why. I don't know. Yeah, that was my yeah, response. Uh, and that's that's my thing of them like just taking the box of like what Archer is and bringing it over to this. It, it doesn't transfer perfectly. Uh, I will say on Spider Verse, both Lord and Miller are also writing. I think that would have oh, maybe helped for this. Uh, they are producers. Uh, me and Todd talked about beforehand. Uh, this is like the first dud I've seen on their producer track record. It uh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. Keep making movies. But I will say as a final thing, I think if this were like a college humor digital series or something like that. And then they made sure. it into a movie like circa 2012 to 2015 when this happened, that mm-hmm. changes like the context of like, Oh, that's neat that they did this, I guess. I mean, it's not for me, but the fact like <laughs> Netflix is like, yo, we made this a um, little different, but maybe, maybe that's what Netflix is, is filling the void of now. I agree with you. If I had watched this in like nine, 11 minute episodes, I think, I don't think I would have liked it, but I think I would have liked it more because in some ways it's just, like I said, after a little while, like I made fun of the sex scene being the moment where I I let go, but like of, of, of the movie, but there just came a point where I was like, all right, I get it. Another, it almost doesn't become, there's no shock value to it after a little while. my thing, my my reason I brought up the spoiler, and I, I won't say it again, uh, just in case someone skipped, um, is because as soon as that happened, it almost uh, rid me of any shock value happening uh, with the rest of the movie. Because you've already right. like gone to a thousand on how shocking something could be. Uh, but we'll move on to the next movie because we don't we don't have that many spoilers uh, to talk about. Sure. We might have a final spoiler section for all of the movies, so only stick around for that if you've seen. Uh, but that'll be after all their reviews. Todd, what are you going to give uh, America the Motion Picture out of 10? Uh, a 2.8. Wow. Okay. I, I really disliked it. Yeah. I th- it slowly like won me over with just how dumb it was. I, again, again, I watched this on my – I didn't mention this, but I watched it on my phone as I was cooking – uh, waffles and eggs, uh, and then I watched the rest of it at work uh, on my phone. So th- that context again. This is why I think it maybe if it was a digital series, um, but I- I'll go with a four point five. Um, so not not good. Um, but um, all right, we'll switch gears uh, with the Tomorrow War, the Chris Pratt film uh, that comes to us from Chris McKay. He previously uh, directed. Uh, Lego Batman, so I was kind of interested in that. And I will start first because Todd started on the last one. Uh, I I don't know what to think about this film, and, and this is in part because of the way I watched this, because I was texting Todd 
the night before. We actually were going to do America the Motion Picture and Tomorrow War uh, if I were able to stay up. And this movie is two hours and 20 minutes. And I just, I once it, so it has a third act or it has a, it has a first, second, and third act like most films. But the problem is it doesn't follow uh, the enjoyment factor of a normal three-act structure where you're supposed to be intrigued with the first act. You're supposed to be, okay, I'm, captivate me more in the second act and then win me back over, like completely just go into a climax of the film. Um, that's normal uh, structure, especially for these films. Independence Day is a good example or whatever. The second act of this film has to be some of the most boring stuff I've ever yeah. seen. And so I went to bed uh, because I was like, Todd, I can't finish this movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then I get to the third act fresh, like yeah, with, with a full uh, amount of sleep, you know, I get to the third act and, and I actually kind of enjoyed it for what it was. And I don't know how to rate this because there's parts of this movie that are very not good. And then there's mm -hmm. other parts of these movies that I'm like, okay, this is aggressively fine to serviceable uh, for an action mm -hmm. movie. So I, I look, maybe this isn't, if, if this is like, if you're looking for an independence day this weekend, I would, I would actually recommend it. Um, because I think it checks enough boxes. You might be checking your phone in the middle of the movie, but guess what? You can do that. Cause it's only on Amazon prime, not in theaters. Um, and Amazon is marketing the heck out of this for whatever reason, probably because they paid a decent amount. But yeah, th those are my thoughts. But Todd, what what do you think about the Tomorrow War? Well, it's interesting. Like, and I mean no shade here, but like the movies are supposed to be kind of, in theory, a movie's supposed to be watched in one sitting, right? I get why you weren't able to. The reason I bring this up is I wonder if that third act would have been as enjoyable if you ha if you were forced to watch it. After the first two hours, I don't because, think it would have been, and I and I'm because fully I was, admitting that. Yeah, I was exhausted by the time I got to that third <laughs> act. I found the first act to just be, uh, I it was entertaining as like a world, but I don't know. I'm not a huge Chris Pratt fan anyway. Like, and it just there was just it just didn't work for me like that much but the second act you are right is some of the most dreadfully boring stuff ever and by the time i got to the third act i kind of had these moments of heart elevation where i was like oh this is getting a little thrilling but yeah two hours and 26 minutes is that what you said two, this movie two hours and 20 minutes yeah this movie should be like 35 to 40 minutes shorter <laughs> uh, and like I, I know that that would require some major like revising, but like this is just not a movie that should be that long. And I'm a big sci-fi fan. So yeah, like I said, I, I guess I like the basic premise of this and I could see people who love sci-fi the way I love horror. Like I'm a big sci-fi fan, but like there, I have my limits where in horror I can watch almost anything and still enjoy it at some level. I think for the sci-fi fans are just for like pure like... I want to see some aliens get killed fans. Maybe this would work. But for just like your typical fan who's trying to decide whether to watch a movie, I just couldn't recommend this. It's just way too boring. It's way too boring for me. Yeah. No, um, there are some things uh, that I won't get into until spoilers. Uh, but I, I, have, I have theories on this movie. 
that I want to share. Oh, really? So that's a we do have to talk about that then. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just just for anyone, if you because I, I won't even hint around it um, because I do think it's a spoiler. Um, I will say I, I watched this. <laughs> this is a little bit of context. Uh, I watched this because of Mike Mitchell, aka. The Spoon Man, uh, you know, he does the Doughboys podcast, and he, and he talked about uh, this movie. And Todd, I don't even know if you know who that is. Uh, I've heard about it. Yeah, I've, okay, I've yeah, been told. Yeah. I, I've been told I should listen to this podcast. It's a very, it's very. Look, if if we get into recommends or something at the end, I would recommend the Doughboys. I, I had it at okay. work, um, like my first, like quotes, big boy job. Um, they were like, yeah, you can listen to anything. So I went through Kanye's full discography and then all the rest of the podcast I usually use driving to school or work. So it's like, oh God, I got to find something else because, or else I'm listening to Dead Space because I've, I've right. uh, went through all of Kanye's discography. I guess I could listen to it again. And then, <laughs> and then I find there's a podcast that they review fast food chains. And I was like, what? So, so that's, that's a quick thing, but we'll move on. If you only want to hear my Tomorrow War Theory and you know about the Spoon Man. It kind of has to do with that. So if you only want to hear Tomorrow War spoilers, uh, we'll do that one first. Just a heads up if you want to skip to that. But uh, Todd, what would you give this movie out of 10? Uh, like a 4. Okay, I think I'd go a 5.5. 5. Um, <laughs> and again, Todd is probably right. Uh, and and I, am, I am fully admitting of that if I watch this all in one sitting. Uh, it, would, it would be lower, uh, for sure. Uh, completing the... Uh, America trilogy. So I, I told this to Todd before. We have the vulgar uh, absurdism of America, the motion picture. We have the the Independence Day in quotes America blockbuster, and then finally, uh, lest we not forget, one of the most American movies of this weekend: Summer of Soul, or when the revolution could not be televised, um, is the story of this. 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival uh, that just never was shown, uh, same year as Woodstock. Uh, and that's basically the premise of it. And honestly, just as, just as a one sentence, um, why this documentary was made, that is enough to get anyone in the door, I'd imagine, to be like, wait, <laughs> what? Like, what do you mean? And then you watch this. Um, and God, there's so much in this. But hey, Todd, I'll, I'll let you go first. You actually watched this at Sundance and then rewatched it uh, this weekend. Uh, but yes. what were your thoughts on Summer of Soul? So I think this is one of, and I don't say stuff like this uh, a lot. I think this is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, actually. Like, I, I really, really love this. The concert footage is amazing. But what's so good about it is it weaves in context from history. And you see these interviews with some of the people who performed and some of the people who were there. And it's just truly fascinating. Like you feel like you learn things, but you also get truly entertained. And there's just all these wonderful moments in it. I don't know if we're allowed how spoilers work on a documentary like this, but like there, just... I, there are some actual like kind of spoilers in some ways. Sure. Uh, if we want, we can, I don't know. We'll, we'll save that for the, for the final section. Sure. No, but 
I think it is absolutely just uh, a beautiful movie. The one context, I don't know if this is a, a spoiler, it's just historical context for the, the thing that I think is interesting is part of the reason this got forgotten, unfortunately, is just because it was uh, black musicians. You know, like, uh, and, and the movie does a very good job of saying that. Part of the thing that's fascinating, though, also is that this was taking place during the moon landing, uh, which was, you know what I mean, like dominating the news uh in many ways and uh so it's just this it's just this fascinating little nugget of history and the documentary which all credit so much credit goes to Questlove from the roots for he's the director and the producer of this and just so much credit for reclaiming history this way it's it's a beautiful documentary so I'm I'm actually a little not disappointed. I'm glad we're in agreement. But you you get the uh, you get to say it first because I am in a hundred percent agree with and agreeance with you. Uh, I think this is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Um, it is so awesome. important. It is so uh, entertaining. It is so well thought out in terms of its structure. And I they just did it perfectly. And like I look, I think. If you and again, this goes back to the one sentence thing. If you say that one sentence, you're like, okay, well, I, of course I'm going to watch this. But if you mm -hmm. just have that one sentence thing and it's not structured as well as it is, and it's it's like, oh yeah, that's really good music. It's a shame like this wasn't um, this this wasn't seen, of course. But if it's not as powerful as it is, I don't think it it resonates as much. And and I get why people. This was the movie people were talking about at Sundance. Uh, because mm -hmm. I tried to watch this at Sundance, and then I tried to watch an early access premiere of this, and uh, my my server crashed like right as it started. And then I had two tickets like three weekends in a row, and then I had a film fest. I had to go back for another thing. Doesn't matter. Uh, this movie is awesome, and I want to watch it over and over. Um, yeah. And it's a shame because uh, the. <laughs> the documentary category for for the Oscars, um, for whatever reason, uh, doesn't like our archival footage uh, because this is mm -hmm. the best documentary of the year so far. Uh, and there's oh, yeah. there's probably some good competition that's coming, but it's it's one of those that I'm confused. Like, what are we doing? Not giving this all the accolades it deserves because I'd I'd argue that like this should be, and and I've always. I thought this to, when it's a good documentary i'd argue the editing on this project deserves to be recognized um in terms oh, yeah. of like where they slotted stuff and how they like struck because that often doesn't like get as as brought up in editing it can be easy to look at something like baby driver that has a lot of edits um which is still don't get me wrong that's super awesome mm -hmm. um but in terms of like how you're structuring something and where you're putting footage um yeah, really stinking good. Uh, anybody who likes music, if you have a passing interest in music, uh, you'll love this. Like it, it's marvelous. Like it's a it's a masterpiece from Questlove. And that was one of the things that bothered me is um, I feel like Sundance and I don't know if they need to like shove it on the poster or what, but I I didn't know Questlove was <laughs> directing this. Um, until like three days into Sundance. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, I, have a, I have a theory that Questlove doesn't want attention for it. I like, mean, uh, that is fair. I understand. Yeah. 
But he directed no, you're right, the heck out of this movie. Like, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, one thing I wanted to emphasize is a lot of times I think people kind of passively watch documentaries and they think about them as being good or bad based on just the content. And yep. this, this is a movie where that is, it's artistic. Like, yeah, the way it is edited together is beautiful. When I watched it the second time, there are parts where I'm like, oh, this is one of my favorite parts just because I love how they tell the story. It's, it's very well done. Yeah. Well, and to your point, the way they wait to, to share certain information, like add context to the story is done really well. Because normally you get to a certain part of the documentary where they're like, oh, we have to talk about it. But they sprinkle it. They weave in like different performances to match a certain tone that they're talking about. So, for instance, right. like the moon landing, they had a, a different performer like for that whole section. And it really it works so well together. Um, yeah. And yeah. also yeah. there is a surprise Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He does show up. Yeah, which would be a shock to everyone. But yeah, this is this is what. Look, I know I am normally a stickler for documentaries, and I famously uh, made fun of Todd for watching documentaries at Sundance while I was watching the feature films, like like a real film lover. Listen, this I don't know. I don't know where I'd put it in Sundance. It doesn't matter. This is one of the best movies of the year. Um, mm-hmm. it, sh- it should be up there for best picture, I think, and it will be brought up for sure, undoubtedly in the Diesels and the Terrans. Um, yes. This movie rules. Uh, Todd, I'm going with a 9.3. What are you going with? I'm a 10 on this. I, lo- I love nice. it. I think it's one of the oh, best documentaries. Awesome. Yeah. yeah uh, Questlove. Questlove is a front runner for director. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Moment. Wonderful. All right. Quickly, before we get into spoilers uh, for, well, one of these we can't spoil, which is No Sudden Move, uh, which I I won't bother the listener too much on (laughs) my internet provider problems, uh, but it would not let me watch this movie for whatever reason. Um, So I have seen 40 minutes, and of the 40 minutes I've seen, I actually really liked it. Todd is about to share his opinion, um, which would lead me to believe uh, maybe I should just keep those those 40 minutes um, (laughs) and walk off into the sunset. Um. (laughs) I don't think it gets substantially worse. It just gets a little more like kind of convoluted. And it's kind of one of those stories that has a really strong, like opening 40 minutes or so. Like there's a, you know, it's all kind of this intense exploration of one major event that's occurring. And it's just, it's just very well done. And then it kind of gets into like a, let's add 15 more characters and make this a complex interwoven story. Uh, and it's, well, <laughs> like legitimately though, probably like seven, eight, nine more characters start to get introduced. Uh, well, that's, and, that's interesting yeah. you, you bring that up. Cause it, it, it is one of these, I honestly think it's, and this doesn't happen like too much and, and pardon me for the people that aren't um, sports savvy, but there's certain times where like you can have too much talent on like a basketball mm-hmm. team and you can have way too many like borderline scorers when you really just need a couple role players. And I think right. that might be kind of the case here is, is what mm-hmm. I could get. Because like, this is one of those movies where like you run through the cast and you think to yourself, you're like, well, surely that's one of the best movies ever because the cast is awesome. Um, right. <laughs> and Soderbergh, Soderbergh's directing it. And Soderbergh has worked with a lot of uh, the talent that's, that's in this movie. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I just 
that's because because I I haven't seen a lot of the actors that are on the poster like in listing. Uh. So I I now see what you're talking about um, in terms of like what is to come, I suppose. But that's interesting. There's just there's just so much that I have to admit. Like I actually, I mean, I I kind of like this a little more the more I've thought about it. But it's just not one of Soderbergh's best. And to me, the first forty minutes are like really excellent and like i really loved the vibe and then it switched to a vibe that i wasn't as into and so it just kind of left me disappointed some i think i described it as a beautiful empty vessel it's like the direction's good there's all these wonderful actors in it but it it just lacked interesting substance for me i guess so yeah but at least the second half Mm -hmm. is there because because again i i you mentioned the 40 minutes i've only watched 40 minutes of this film about is there a a bigger thing that is uh, mentioned uh, after those forty minutes? Because there's something yeah. that happens narrative. Oh, there's other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, interesting. I will probably uh, finish this when I get new. Oh, it's internet. worth. Yeah, you should finish it. It's yeah. just not my favorite. Yeah. And, and to be clear, it, again, this wasn't a decision I made. Of I'm not going to finish this movie. It's strictly an internet thing. Um, <laughs> But I think it's, I don't, did you see the laundromat, Todd? No, I haven't. So I watched that. I watched it because I thought we were going to do a review for the podcast. I watched the King, the laundromat, and then I was going to watch the Breaking Bad movie because they all came out Netflix and I was going to do a Netflix in October thing. And I was like, I don't really have too much to talk about. The laundromat's similar in that it has Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, and Meryl Streep. And you think, wow. That's awesome. Sure. <laughs> and then you watch the movie. It's not very awesome. And Soderbergh like does this stuff. <laughs> when you when you mentioned like it's not the best Soderbergh, Soderbergh has a lot of movies. He has a lot of great hits. But there's sure. a lot of like meh to bad movies. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. He's the high volume guy. So he yeah. is, which which I respect. Keep making movies, man. Sure. Um, Sure. But yeah, I I liked Logan Lucky a whole lot more. If someone is looking for a heist film, uh, well, I I haven't seen the entirety of the movie, but Logan Lucky is a Soderbergh film that I uh, fully recommended. Not as many people saw because it's on Amazon Prime and didn't have too long of a theater run. Right, right. But uh, mm-hmm. Todd, you are the only one that's going to score this. Um, what would you give this out of ten? I'm going to go like a six point three. Nice. Okay, uh, yeah, then we are going fine. to move into spoilers uh, for all of the films. I will try to have timestamps for each one of them. Uh, it will not be that much of conversations. Uh, it'll be brief things, so probably like a minute, depending on what we want to talk about. Uh, besides okay. the Tomorrow War, which we will be doing first, because I, I have a thought um, based on what I know about this movie. I think this movie was fully reshot. Um, like, I think the third um, act of this film wasn't the way it... I, and maybe I'm wrong. I keep going back and forth on this. Um, <clears throat> but it just seems... It seems narratively odd, and this is where I have to get into the spoiler things. A, you kill off the spoon, man. Come on! Uh, right. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Everyone's here for the spoon, man. <laughs> um, no, but they do that, and there's not, like, too much, like consequence because of it and then we go to this really meandering thing where he meets his daughter 
in the future and there's kind of nothing that happens like it's just the two of them and it would have what i think would have been really cool is if it would have done one of two things it would have had the everyone in the future meeting like a lot of their either offspring or like older uh, relative or anything and you don't have to have that much dialogue but it just reemphasizes like hey this is why we're doing this and then that makes the third act at least feel like it's more personal than it is because everyone besides chris pratt it's not personal <laughs> like sure um, they know <laughs> no, the world's going to end or whatever but they don't have that like yeah attitude that like chris pratt obviously does because he's seen his daughter right right no i mean i agree that would make it better cutting almost the whole second act would make it better but you can't structurally uh i get it (laughs) (laughs) it's uh no i do think that would make it better um i don't know i also just i don't know why but chris pratt just didn't work for me like as the lead i'm just not a huge fan of his in general i guess like uh except for in guardians i think he's perfect but here it was just kind of like i don't know also i just thought his character was a little boring to be honest for like a lead i I honestly think it's more on the character than it is chris pratt because i do okay that's fair life stuff which is most when we're talking about actors in general um i i like him in jurassic world i don't think he's bad um and the, I'm excited for him in Cowboy Ninja Viking, which has been was announced like five years ago, but uh, I don't think is ever going to see the light of day. <laughs> um, sure, but um, I did. I thought it was more on the writing than Pratt's performance, and I think that's evident in the rest of the characters too, because J.K. Simmons, like you want to root for him and believe, like sure. he's doing a good job, but I'm like I don't buy into your character man like i think i buy what you're saying about it being more writing i think my only thing with chris pratt in here and it's my same thing in jurassic world is just like i i guess i know that these are he gets treated like he's an harrison ford or like an a-lister yeah. where <laughs> i think of him as more like like he's just not in the same league as a lot of the stars that he seems to be getting cast like he is, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, let's let's do a quick. Um, let me look up the Tomorrow Wars budget. Um, so that's it. Because this movie, you know, we bring up the Independence Day thing, and this movie sure. is being advertised like it's Will Smith and Independence Day, and it, no, this is not a slight like to Chris Pratt, but he's not like a Tom Cruise or a Will Smith. And that's a very like high echelon that, for whatever reason, at this point is only filled with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Even though uh, we are, in, I am an anti uh, the Rock. Even though he has some good performances, I just I don't subscribe to his like. I have to be the biggest hero in the room. Uh, I never sure. never have me kiss a woman on screen uh, because that's not what heroes do. Um, and I don't, it's just. It's very clear, like, he has influence on uh, projects he writes. But let me look up the budget real quick. Um, Yeah. It is 200 mil, which is high. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's like, (laughs) I mean, I guess he can't do everything. But, like, think about, like, what Tom Cruise would do with a role. Like, even that exact same script. That's my thing is, like, I get that it's the script. But, like, 
Harrison Ford would have just elevated the material. You know, like, uh, and so that that's where my one thing is with Chris Pratt in this movie is like, I just don't know if it's not that I hate Chris Pratt. It's that I don't know if Chris Pratt was enough to save this movie. Maybe that's the nicest way to say well, that's, it. That's 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 a good point that like Chris Pratt, it, it's one of those like not to go back to basketball or whatever, but he's not sure. like a LeBron James or like superstar person. Like he's got to have the right system. Um, and that's Guardians. Character. Like he's great in Guardians. Um He's great in ensemble situations more than yeah. he is and as that's, like that's, the that's guy. Where I thought, that's why I think it would have worked better in the second act. And to your point, like I think the second act is like treating, they're like, it's Chris Pratt. You love Chris Pratt. And it's like, well, I, I like Chris Pratt, but it, <laughs> it would help if there were other people to also surround Chris Pratt. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do. I, now I'm, I'm picturing what Tom Cruise would do with this movie. Um, and look, let's be honest. If Tom Cruise was cast in the tomorrow war, I think he would have done the space void jump. Uh, actually not CGI he would have <laughs> figured out the technology of <laughs> and committed. Um, yeah. That's but, what Tom Cruise does. Yeah. We got, I'm going to briefly mention there are aliens in this movie. Um, Oh, I do not like how they look. That I, much. Like I know a lot of people either. did. I thought they were pretty generic. Um, yeah, but I, they're not terrible. The, the effects do not look like they're two hundred mil. I will say that. Um, that's that's fair. Which to I almost oh, go ahead. so I I turned over to uh, my partner while we were watching this, and and I almost wish I was right on this because sometimes I I like to uh, shoot my shot on what I think the movie could do, and I was like, hmm. hmm. I bet those those people like leading the from the future like they're going to turn out to be the aliens and they're the ones orchestrating it. And I almost kind of wish we got that movie because I don't yeah. I think the aliens in this are like in like a if it were like a Tom Cruise movie maybe that could work. Maybe that could be enough to like make it fine. Um but cuz the third act of this movie I think is right. Uh, for what this movie yeah. like should be, but then the other two acts are not, <laughs> and that's the problem. Well, and it's just totally a little weird. Like I, the um, to me, one of the 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 scenes I enjoyed the most is the scene that's kind of played for comedy, where they're all sitting and getting their orientation before they're about to be sent into the future. And there's some kind of like new characters, and it's kind of quippy, and they're going back and forth, and there's interesting details being added. Like I thought it was interesting that they're like, we don't show you pictures of the aliens because then we feel like there would be a revolt to going. Like that's kind of a terror terrifying idea i thought it was like a decently wrote uh, written script but then so much of the movie is just dead serious and then like yeah. they dabble with comedy every once in a while needed more spoon man is what we're saying yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> but we will yeah. we will move on to spoilers uh for uh, uh america america the movie <laughs> the, the movie <laughs> look there's chainsaws uh there's multiple sex scenes so many uh animated boobs um so many yeah uh and then to, look it, this this is the part that bothered me a little bit is <laughs> this is gonna sound really bad and this is why i save this for spoilers okay um, when thomas edison is revealed to be an asian woman 
Yes. I almost like in my head, I was like, well, you didn't have to rope an Asian woman into this. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like it feels yes. so bizarre. And I'm like, what are you doing bringing like this character into this situation? Because the movie is not like it's so geared towards like white male like frat humor or whatever. So right. it's like, why are we doing this? Like what is going well, on? Well it's it's that box checking you're talking about. And it's why like I kind of think of nineteen ninety five to two thousand five as being this era of movies where like uh like white people just blew diversity uh like it like movies it's been shown were even like more diverse in the 80s but like the like these movies would just kind of have like you know the one black friend uh and they you know have that in there and it's like so see we're diverse now and there would be all he, these kind he of, just like, has like a very stereotypical like accent and like that's the only yes. character in in the 90s films oh man yes yes and so like it it just felt like a film that belonged in that era to me i swear the reason they made thomas edison an asian woman is cuz olivia munn agreed to be on on the in the movie <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's why. Um, I was curious because I did not know it was Olivia Munn. And I was like, I swear if I look this up after, and it's not even an Asian actress, that will be the funniest thing. I've, and like, it wasn't. So uh, kudos no, no, to the no, movie. No. But, like, yeah. but to that point, isn't it a little odd that they, it, with your line of thinking that it's like, oh, we have Olivia Munn. So let's mm -hmm. make Thomas Edison an Asian woman. Why is Samuel Adams a white man when you got Jason Manzukis? You know, exactly. Maybe, I, I don't know. I think it could have. And this is, it, of course, we keep repeating the checkbox thing, but it really is one of the main things you can walk away from this because it doesn't. Like they could have gone a little bit more because they have Geronimo in the blacksmith in this movie, and I actually I kind of like the joke with the blacksmith. Like it sure. was a, a bit ridiculous. It was a bit a bit. Uh, rung out but like that's a fine like comedic joke for this but the problem is like they're like see we care about diversity we have these characters and they're like oh but stay on the sideline while you make this bullet or whatever uh, right it just fe yeah it just feels like that like congratulations minorities you can be our adjunct or supplementary characters now you're in but like don't, you know what i mean don't get it wrong white people are still the most important i don't know the other thing because i thought a lot about why they made thomas edison an asian woman th this decision like just fascinated me and another thing that me that popped into my mind is that maybe they are making fun of hamilton uh maybe. when they do that or you know like maybe it's like a you know wink and a nod to like hamilton's like progressive recasting or whatever you call it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yeah the movie i don't i i don't know i just part part of the jokes that i hated were i didn't like the jokes that were based on that were anachronistic, I guess. And they went to them so often, like so often this joke, like the Benedict Arnold thing, it's like, 
We expected you to Benedict Arnold us. What does that mean? Your name is totally it's like, like you, used. In, you invented this thing, and we're gonna call it this from now. And it, yeah, it feels super they do weird. It that, like, so much, and it's not that I'm against the concept, but it's just constant. And like eventually, it's like it's not even funny anymore because it just keeps happening. So it starts to just feel like you're getting like tapped on the forehead once a second, uh, well, and like it, eventually it you just want to go crazy. Weird. Yeah, yeah. It it feels a little weird too because like it it wants to be in a realm of like some uh, timeline where like the founding fathers existed or whatever, because the British right. are the main enemy in this. But also Abraham Lincoln's in the start of this movie and he keeps coming back as a force ghost. Um, yeah, it just it just feels it's so lazy, many choices, and that I, that's why I I was surprised when I looked this up. And I, I was shocked that you weren't right about multiple writers on this project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it feels totally like feels like a writer. Like recent college grad students and they're all throwing out good ideas that maybe work on their own. Who knows? But put together, it's like, dear God, what? why is King, King George eating or King James eating fried chicken like in a bucket, like being a glutton and then werewolf man rips his heart out? Like, what? Right. Um, but yeah, those well, are Yeah, those are some of the main ones. I did like the animation and Jason Manzugas has the best voice ever. So I'll say those two things about the film. <laughs> has has Channing Tatum not been in a live action movie? It, I'm looking it up, right? He has not been in a live action movie since Logan Lucky. He also was in Kingston Golden Circle the same year. But that that's a lot of Wait. that's a decent amount of time. I wonder if he has to go through like an identity recreation. Maybe. He also, I think he had, I might be wrong, but I think he had kids recently. Uh, so maybe he's ah. focused on that. But uh, I, I like Channing Tatum was what I was going to mention. I think he's a very uh, good lead. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's pretty I much like all a, I like the good looking guys that have a sense of humor about themselves. I like that vibe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Here, here's the question: Can Chris mm -hmm. Pratt do Magic Mike? Would that have worked? Oh God, no. Okay, I, I actually agree with you. I think maybe some people uh, that aren't thinking about it would put them in the similar, like maybe could be a a lister if certain things went the right way. Chris Pratt is obviously like a more marketable name at this point, sure. um, but I they have different strengths, um, and that it's interesting because they they are. I don't know. Um, similar, but uh, we will move Ch Channing on. To be fair, oh. Channing Tatum couldn't have played uh, Star Lord. He's not. Oh, he, no, he does. No, he does not have that gear. I don't think. No, I think Chris Pratt is at its at his best when he's like a funny guy who's pretty good looking, instead of like. He's perfect as the good looking goofy guy. Um, yeah, he's he's not like for me leading man. He's like he's like one B, and that's his problem. Is he's a little bit too big to just be like the assistant. But so, you know what so I mean? That's, like the that's, yeah. that's the interesting thing is he does. I, I would argue that like the goofy, good-looking guy is it's kind of the case in Jurassic World. But he does like the parts of that movie that are very serious. Uh, I think are uh -huh. the not so great parts of that movie. But in terms of like this big action movie where I get to see dinosaurs or whatever, and I get people have an attachment to 
Jurassic Park, and that's fine. But I, for what it is, I actually am okay with Jurassic World. The second one is a different story. I think that movie is awful. Um, but it's the same with Guardians, where like he's in this big, huge action franchise, and I just feel like maybe, unfortunately, it's one of those things where like uh, Marvel is getting the best out of these actors, and then they go on and do other stuff, and they're like, oh, well, they like you because you're an A-lister. It's like, no, well, right. well people liked uh, Robert Downey Jr. because he was really a, a perfect choice for Iron Man, and right. that doesn't mean you can make Doolittle and it's automatically good. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying Tomorrow War is Chris Pratt's Doolittle, but sure. Um, I Tom, just see Tom Holland is finding this out right now too. Tom Holland is also finding this out, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, Marvel, Marvel giveth and Marvel taketh away. <laughs> but. Um, we will move on to brief, if anything. Uh, are there some spoilers you wanted to bring up for Summer of Soul? Okay, I love... There's a part where they're talking to the group. Um, they're the something five. And it, the actual two of the people from the band are there. It's the group that sang Aquarius, Let the Sunshine In. Uh, and they're talking about how valuable the experience was for them because they had been a band that was stereotyped as being too white. And so like how the performance was really important to them. I found that like very powerful, like the woman's crying and everything. And like, it just like the joy in people, like the, I love the way this closes. Cause it's the only time you hear quest loves voice is when he's talking to that fan and the fan is kind of breaking down into tears you know, and he's like, this was real. This really happened. Yeah, this well, was real. It, it's so odd to think about of like, because so, I can't imagine like such a big moment that you saw. It would be like if, I don't know, if like 40 years, and obviously culturally it would not be the same, but if like 40 sure. years from now, someone told you and I that like, oh no, what do you mean Sundance was online? It's like, no, we were there. <laughs> like it yeah. happened. <laughs> Um, and, it, and obviously you still know it exists, but it, I, I completely agree with you. This is one of the things, like structurally, I think that is mm -hmm. a perfect ending. And the fact that oh, like God, Questlove, yeah. you're right, Questlove does not use his voice until the very end. And it's perfect. Like it is, I don't know, it works so well because you can clearly tell he, he put in a lot of work like for this project. So to be silent like the whole time because he knows like the material is just that powerful until the very mm -hmm. end. It's awesome. Yeah, there's no narration or anything. It just works really well. And that guy who was a little kid gets to see, like, you know, the dream come back to life. And it, it just it tells that central story of why preserving history is so important. And I just, oh, God, I think it's one of the most beautiful documentary endings. I just love it. So, yeah, those are the only like, real um, spoilers I uh, have. Well, on the historical, like, preservation um, thing, and uh, – maybe I didn't talk about this enough. There's just something so fascinating about like what, like in my like Texas high school history class, mm -hmm. I remember like Woodstock being brought up and the fact like this was going on, but like there right. are certain things that aren't talked about. Like in, in part of this, is it, it wasn't preserved and it wasn't preserved for a lot of like, bad reasons about our society and you can say right. like there's people that will say like oh well it's gotten better like it, you know things have gotten better or whatever it hasn't been that bad mm -hmm. for that long 
the, the guy in this documentary is the, like they are interviewing him. He was there at the Summer of Soul thing. Like yes. just to contextualize like history. I think this does like a really good job of also contextualizing like this event not being so far away. Right. Right. No, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just beautiful. It's it's beautiful. And I, I love the way they introduce history. And yeah, it's it's a really special film. My wife's going to actually show it in her class because uh, she liked it so much. So, you know, it's good. Oh, nice. Um, I was going to mention, uh, as someone who didn't know anything about, like, anything about the festival uh, going into this, there's a lot of bands that I was like, wait, they were here? Like, how is this mm-hmm. not known about then? Because you would think, like, <coughs> I've, heard, I've heard a ton of these bands before, and I thought it was just going to be random, like, up-and-comers that, like, had a good career. No, these are, like, pivotal like musicians that were in the industry. Um, and I was going to mention, uh, yeah. I love how perfectly they put in Sly in the family stone. Um, oh yeah. I thought that was a great switch. And when they had one of the guys they were interviewing that like was in a four man band that all wore the same suits. And he was talking like, Oh yeah. Most bands like that. Like we all wore the same suits. Like we all uh, acted a certain way. And then they come out. And they start playing and he's like, after we saw that, like, we didn't want to dress in suits anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it's this really interesting thing to think about. Like, you just have to see like one performance to be like, that's what we want to do. Um, and it's a yeah. great performance. It is a great performance. And my, okay, so my quick story about Sign the Family Stone, my dad, who is in his late 70s, saw them perform uh, once. And uh, they talk about uh, how how unreliable Sly and the Family Stone was. Apparently, like, nobody came on for, like, an hour. And then they came up, set up, played a song, and then, like, left, presumably, who knows to, what to do, for, like, another 30 minutes and then came back on. So apparently they were crazy, but my dad, my dad's impression of them was, like, they were just the coolest people on earth. Like they were so cool that, like, everyone wanted to be like them. And it made sense in the context of, that movie i loved that uh i love the part where one of the festival attendees was saying and there was a white guy who was a drummer and we didn't know you could do that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why well, that just even, that made us laugh yeah even on the on the flip side of that that i think mm-hmm. is because that that was a good and i this movie is pretty funny like with the yeah. just a way like the interviews that they get are so like just wanting to talk about and appreciating life and music and yeah, all of yeah, these yeah. things. Um, but for another example of that, like when they were talking about the band, uh, they had a woman that they were interviewing and uh, she was like, yeah, there was a, a, a black woman like on stage playing a trumpet. And I didn't know that was like something someone could do. Um, right. And it's like, just, it, it is about like, it is mind blowing to think about that um, of how, well, I don't, yeah, nobody wants to hear me as like a white guy spout this, so I'm just gonna give you directly. <laughs> well, no, but I I watched the Q and A for this at Sundance, and I just wanted to relay like something that I thought was really interesting that was brought up by uh, Questlove and by the uh, um, the pre- presider over the Q and A, uh, which is that they brought up that it's really important to not just contextualize black history in terms of suffering, if that makes sense. So yes, it's important. And that's, that's what I was, 
talking about with, this, with the like light, like celebration yeah. aspect. Well, yeah, stuff. that's what made me think about it. Is they were they were just talked about how important it was to preserve this like wonderful event. Because as my wife brought up, she's like, you know, in retrospect, Woodstock is known for a couple acts of violence and a lot of drug use and all sorts of stuff. And the Harlem <laughs> uh, Cultural Festival was like this peaceful event where nothing went yeah. wrong and was like pretty, <laughs> pretty community oriented and just awesome. Well, yeah. And that's like the, the this movie, like, and I'm not, it, this movie would have every right to do it if it wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, sure. I think they could have gotten into, like, of course, no one wanted to show, like, a peaceful concert with a bunch of black folks, like, just enjoying music because that wasn't right. what the government's narrative they wanted to push was. But it right. doesn't, like, want, it's, it doesn't necessarily, like, want to focus specific, like, it does dabble. But it keeps going back to like the celebration of like, hey, this was an awesome thing like that. Yeah. That should happen again. And I hope I honestly think like it the best thing that will come out of this. I think there will be another Summer of Soul. Um, oh, I hope I, so. Yeah, I hope there. I hope Questlove is, is like uh, producing, like <laughs> leading it. That would be really cool. Oh, yeah. Hopefully uh, the tickets aren't. Hopefully the tickets aren't two hundred and fifty dollars. So, <laughs> no. but no, it's good. Real quick, one thing I would say: uh, Sly and the Family Stone is the coolest band on there. Uh, Stevie Wonder, though, is a god. I just wanted to throw that out. Well, that's, just so that so, was the yeah. one. I, I assume most people like knew about that. So maybe I should have yeah, name dropped it. So thank you for doing that. That is the one that, like, when Stevie Wonder shows up, I was like, wait, what? Like. What do you mean Stevie Wonder was here? Like, yeah. yeah. He's one of the biggest musicians like in the world. And I just can't yeah. imagine like playing at a concert that like is not as uh, <laughs> brought up as much. Um, sure. But yeah, I think that's all we got uh, for all four mm -hmm. movies. So that'll do it for this one. Thank you, Todd, uh, for, no, for no watching problem. all these movies and talking about them with me. No, thanks to you, thanks to you as well. All right. Catch you all on the next one. Bye. Bye.